Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of the Believe in US 70 podcast. Today, we're going to be having a look at the three games against Jamaica, Panama, and Costa Rica in the October World Cup qualifying window. As per usual, there were some positives and negatives to take from this, and I'm excited to talk about it. But I'd like to first apologize for there being no Tuesday episode this week. I wanted to, to just kind of group together these three games and make it a Friday podcast. And then we'll be back to our regular Tuesday releases this upcoming week. So six points in what was likely, at least on paper, to be our easiest window of the the, the qualifying cycle this time around. Um, uh, the game against Panama, obviously, particularly bad, and I'm going to go by these one by one. I just kind of want a, a brief intro onto the, the cycle, or excuse me, the window itself. Um, but yeah, six points, six at home, zero away from home, and uh, the, the performances varied. Um, some good performances, some bad performances individually. Um, but, but let's just really get into that Jamaica game, the first of the three. So I didn't take as many notes this time around as I did um, compared to the, the last window. But uh, I have a few things I'd like to say here for each game. Um, I have very few notes for the Panama game, uh, not many notes for the Jamaica game. And then I have a few for the Costa Rica game, but it's also fresher in my mind. So of the three, um, I think Costa Rica will probably be talked about the most. But for the Jamaica game, 2-0 win at home. Uh, it was a good game, honestly. I think we probably could have grabbed more than two goals, but Pepe grabs a brace um, and a 2-0 win. Of course, we couldn't grab that goal in the first half, which has become a problem. Um, but I think my first note here is just that Moose's driving runs are critical for this team. I said in the, the last podcast that I expected him and if Luca De La Torre got any minutes, which he ended up getting just a few at the end of this game, and, and those were his only minutes in the cycle. But I said that uh, I think those two players add something that we didn't have in the last cycle, which is just really progression through the midfield. Uh, I think that was the main issue probably for us in the last window, uh, among probably too many issues. But... Um, yeah, what Musa brings is pretty much as soon as he steps onto the field, you see what it is. Uh, and he did it throughout the entire window. It wasn't great in the Panama game, but in this game, you saw what he brings to the team. And then in the Costa Rica game, he, he was probably even better. The only thing I could say about Musa in a negative light is that I think sometimes, and I'm not sure exactly what it is, I think he just wants too many touches of the ball. Sometimes he'll just... Um, like the issue with players who are meant to progress the play is obviously they're going to make errors, but it's not necessarily like he's a 10 who's making these errors of um, trying these, you know, passes that are just almost a little hopeful to go through. The issue with dribbling into space is that um, if he's dispossessed and he can't win the ball back, then now we have two men in midfield. Um, and usually Wes is going to be next to him on the field, right? So if he loses that ball there, usually there's, Tyler Adams is going to have to clean up a lot. Um, and luckily, Tyler Adams does. But what happens if he's not on the field? I think the second Moose's decision sort of line up with his technical ability. Uh, and that comes with age, right? Uh, he's 18 years old still. So uh, it's important to remember that. And I think, obviously, something like that does come with time. That just comes with minutes on the field uh, w with a set of players, whether that be the U.S. men's national team or just professional minutes on the field. Uh, his decisions should tend to get better. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think sometimes he'll be facing Adams or he'll be facing the center backs and he'll try and shift, um, you know, try, try to turn 108 degrees and drive forward, which is a good sign, right? It's positive play. Uh, you don't want to knock positive play unless the positive play results in a turnover um, or any sort of loss of possession. And then the other team is running at us. And in CONCACAF, you don't want teams counterattacking. So I think the sooner he learns his limits or the, the minute he, he kind of starts playing a little safer on some occasions, right? You don't want to take out the positive play. You don't want to take out um, all those things he does because, like I'm saying, sometimes those 180-degree turns do work, and then he's behind the midfield or he's running out of six um, or he's running out of pivot, and then he could play it wide. A lot of times he was connecting with Dest throughout the window, which was good to see. Um, you could play it up to Pepe if, you know, Pepe's dropping in. Uh, and that's good. That's positive play. The issue lies in the fact that I think he does lose that ball too often, especially in a situation where he's just facing Adams. Uh, sometimes it's okay to just go back to the six and reset play. It doesn't always have to be um, beat the man behind you and go because sometimes even if you beat the man, the attack still isn't set up. So it's not always the best option. Um, even if it's positive play and it's more positive than just dropping it off to Adams, it's not always the right option. And then just because we were talking about it, Luca De La Torre came on at the end of this game. He got, I think it was about 14, 15 minutes. Um, and he's not the same as Mose. He's not the same as McKenney. Um, and he actually surprised me a bit more out of possession. He made a couple of tackles. I think he won possession one or two times in that short time he was on the field. So he impressed me. Um, I would have liked to have seen him maybe get a few more minutes. Uh, Greg didn't give him a bunch of minutes. After this, he got none. So I'm not sure what Greg thought of the performance. But hopefully we see more of him in the future uh, as opposed to maybe Legit, who, despite the experience, once again, just not a great window from Legit. And this time around, he had fewer minutes, so uh, it's tougher to put a lot of blame on him, like a lot of U.S. men's national team fans tend to do. They think, uh, unfortunately, he's become sort of a scapegoat for a lot of people. I think he's just the guy who, uh, you know, is sort of the face of the MLS players and then... Obviously, too many fans are, you know, just bashing all the MLS players for every loss or every wrong decision they make. But obviously, if Musa makes a mistake or someone like that, it's okay. So point of that is hopefully we get more of Luca De La Torre in the future. Um, and maybe the these legit minutes are actually kind of, you know, slowly maybe leaving the U.S. men's national team. I think from here we might see less minutes from him, especially if Musa and, and McKinney stay healthy. A, I think those are the two best dates in the pool. So. I think we'll see them in the big games anyway. Um, but yeah, and then if Greg does decide to maybe put Geo Central based on how Aronson's playing, if he wants to keep Aronson on the field, and, and Pulisic obviously wants uh, both him and Geo are healthy, I think maybe we could see Geo experiment at Central. But um, for now, yeah, I would assume Musa and and Wes are the two best eights in, in Greg's eyes, uh, and most people's eyes, and rightfully so. Um, so I think maybe we'll see less of Legette, but my point is hopefully we get more of Luca. Um, I would just like to see him every time he's on the field for us in the few times he, you know, in the few minutes he's had, he impresses me. And I, I think unfortunately world cup qualifying is a hard place to just hand out minutes just for the sake of handing out minutes and seeing what a player can do. But I, I would like to see what Luca can do. And I think the situation, um, against Jamaica was a good one two nothing up. I think if you're going to find minutes for a player, uh, I don't want to say just for the sake of fighting minutes, but to see what they can do on the field. I think 2 nothing up against Jamaica at home, um, with Jamaica not being super threatening and looking 
pretty gassed later on in the game. I think that was the best moment to bring on Luca, and I'm happy we got to see him. So the two Pepe goals, the first one comes from the right with Musa um, driving into that space, right? Like I said, he, he recognizes the space really well. And when he has the empty space and he's not on the turn and he does drive forward, more often than not, it, it's a good outcome. And I like that he sees that because uh, a lot of young midfielders don't realize when they have that much space ahead of them that they should be driving into that space. Uh, and I think having Dest on his side is really good because whether it's Aronson on the right, whether it's, I think it was Ariola at that point in the game, um... And then having Dest on the overlap, I think he has options going forward. So on that particular play, he just laid it out wide to Dest, who crossed in, uh, and then Pepe had the nice finish. But that goal for me only really comes with Musa on the field and with Musa on the ball when he had it, because uh, as good as, you know, actually Wes hasn't been great this season, but as good as he is relative to the other eights not named Eunice Musa, um, I don't think he drives into the space like that. And I think... Uh, I'm happy Musa was on the on the ball in that play, and then Dest overlapping and Dest getting forward is of course important, and then picks out you know picks out the right pass uh, and Pepe converts, and then the second goal comes from the left. Um, Brendan Aronson sort of recognizes the space when he's off the ball, um, makes the run in behind Anthony Robinson really really well weighted. Um, Aronson gets a hold of it and just you know plays it into the path of Pepe, who at that stage you had no doubt from about 10 yards um, along with the keeper. So two goals for Pepe. Uh, the second goal, especially, you would expect him to score, but um, it's not always the case with the nines, especially with this team, it seems. So um, happy that he was scoring, happy that he got a brace in the first game. And um, those are most of my notes for this game, honestly. I I'm sure there's probably more that I could say. Uh, like I said, obviously, Dest was good on that um, first goal. Good cross, good getting forward. And then on the second goal, Robinson made the, the nice pass into Aronson. Uh, what I'll say about them, too, is I think the game plan to get them involved was really good, and they did a good job. Um, but we get to the Costa Rica game. I'll talk a little bit more about this with how, how the fullbacks played. But um, I, I liked seeing them more involved than we've seen them previously. And even if the plan more often than not is to get them involved, uh, in games at home against a team like Jamaica, I think it was more effective this time around, which is good to see because it wasn't a massive change to the tactics, but maybe it's the opponents, but hopefully it's just the players getting to know each other more, the players getting to know the system more, um, and everybody getting more comfortable with Greg because, uh, like I said, it wasn't a big change in what they were doing, but it was way more effective than it's been in previous games. Uh, moving on to the Panama game, I don't have a ton to say about this game. I honest, I actually wasn't able to see the 90 minutes, um, and, and maybe that was a blessing in disguise. I saw a lot of the reviews for the players um, from people who typically, you know, sort of read these things well. And uh, I will say early in the game I made a note of um, Musa. If you note negatives, he too often had... Um, this is what I'm saying with Musa, and this is what I was saying earlier, and I don't want this to be the Musa podcast, and um, I really like him. He, he, This window, he was probably one of my favorite players and one of the better performances, especially in the two home games. Um, but too often he makes these mistakes, and A, this is why I don't think he's playing Central in La Liga. I think if he's getting punished against Panama, he's definitely going to get punished in La Liga for the mistakes he's making. Um, and maybe he'd play it safer in La Liga. Who knows? Um but yeah, I think in the Panama game, this was my first note, was if you're going to be noting negatives, too often Musa um, will, will sort of make these these plays that ultimately, 
could result in good things, but a, a way to Panama and a nil-nil early in the game, we don't need to be trying what he's trying. We don't need to be going on the turn every single time we get the ball. Um, and then often he's he just likes to dribble into space. If he sees space, he likes to dribble into it. Whether there's a man on his back holding his shoulder, whether there's just Adams to his left, West to his left, he too often just wants to dribble into the space that could be passed into. Um, and I, I think that's often what it comes down to, just wanting too many touches and then seeing green grass and wanting to, to sort of run into it when he could just play the sideways pass to Wes or, or go back to Adams or whoever, the, whatever the case may be, it was a coast on this day. But um, yeah, I, I think, again, I really like what Musa does. And the reason I'm saying, you know, all these things that obviously will be taken negatively is just because I think the second he sort of sorts these things out, he becomes a way better player. And honestly becomes a, a, he really separates himself from McKenney in my opinion. Um, so hopefully he, he's learning from this and, and hopefully again, when he's at Valencia, he's not getting these reps in the midfield. So he's not making these mistakes. This is something I'm hoping he's learning from playing with the U S men's national team, because he's not going to be learning this when he goes back to Spain. And, and obviously more often than not, he is in Spain playing wide. So um, I, I think it's important for him to learn when he's, you know, in the U.S. And, and with the U.S. because he's not getting these reps centrally anywhere else. And then I just mentioned Acosta, so I'll, I'll talk about it here. Uh, the issue with this, um, the the issue I think we're sort of running into with Acosta, and obviously no, we know that I've talked about Dest being by far the best right back in a in a line of right backs. Um, obviously, we thought that the right back depth pool was was way up. Um, and then we saw that obviously Dest is way clear and then there's pretty significant drop off after that and fewer right backs than we thought. Um, and then with the six, this is a position we know we lack depth in. Um, and, and we're sort of looking for that number two, knowing that everything drops off after, but hopefully we can find an Adams replacement because he can't go 270 minutes every window. Um, and Kellen Acosta seems to be the, the guy who's going to be taking Adams places in games where Adams isn't playing or can't play. Um, and the issue with the coast is that it, you can either get the game against Mexico where he's one of the best players on the field and he stands out as one of the best players on the field, or you can get the game that you got against Panama and it's not just Panama and it's not just the Mexico game. He, he's put in very good performances outside of the Mexico game and he's looked out of places, excuse me, out of place in games that weren't against Panama away. So the issue with, the six that's so important in the system to have games like that. I think you see in games like that, how vital that position is when a, that player isn't sweeping up as much as Adams, but B is just not as, he's not as safe in possession. Um, positionally, he's not as sound. Uh, don't get me wrong. I don't expect him to be Adams. The issue is the lack of consistency in his performances. Cause you can't go into games with players in very, you know, important positions, having bad games and expect a good result, especially in Panama. It's just not likely to happen. And I really don't have many other notes for this game. Very short talk on this game. I know uh, I'm sure a lot of other people, a lot of other podcasts, a lot of, you know, anybody talking about this window are really going to go more in depth on this game. But uh, I, I don't want to focus too much on the negatives. And there weren't many positives in this game. Um, individually, I, what I'll say is Greg had probably the goal of taking six seven points from this window if we get nine it's fantastic in any window if you can get nine it's fantastic it's it's more than is ex expected excuse me uh, but if you can get six or seven it's good um and I, he obviously made a lot of rotations i think it was seven changes from games one to ten or one to ten 
excuse me, one to two, um, and it, it showed uh, a the lack of quality relative to the first game. Um, like you're bringing in Legette for for Adams and McKenney, um, Legette and Nikos, Excuse me. It's obviously there's going to be a drop off in the performance in the midfield. Um, Ariola, Zardes, Wea. Obviously, it's a far cry from our best front three with, with Pepe and probably Rain and Pulisic either side, or even this window, Aronson most definitely would be uh, uh, in that um, best front three. So it's a far cry from the best 11. Um, probably nobody at the back in the back four is making that, that best 11. It was Bello, Zimmerman, McKenzie, and Shaq Moore on this day. Um, so I just think it, ultimately it may have come down to Greg wanting the six points from this window. And I think, you know, he, he got the, it was a good performance against Jamaica. Um, and he, we got the three points and he was probably going to Panama thinking a point would do three would be phenomenal. Um, but let's focus on the Costa Rica game and uh, you should be taking it, you know, one game at a time, but also you have to be realistic and realize Costa Rica at home, uh, is an easier game than Panama away. And do you want to waste the legs of Adams and McKenney in Panama? Uh, well, McKinney wasn't even there, but do you want to waste Adam's legs in Panama? Or do we want to get the best out of him in a game against Costa Rica and take at least six points and hope we get a point uh, in Panama? So Greg had some tough decisions. Obviously, he got beat up for it. Um, it, it wasn't a strong 11. Individual performances weren't good enough. Uh, like I said, a lot of the players weren't are, aren't going to be in this best 11. But then again, I just said Musa is probably... You know, he's a top two A first right now, and he didn't have a good game either. So um, I think bad play is too often contagious. And when you put too many players in um, in 11 that, that don't really bring the quality, um, I, I think that is contagious. And when people are making individual mistakes, it's hard to be the one guy who isn't. Um, so that was not to make an excuse for Musa, but just to say that when you do make so many changes and you expect a huge you know, drop-off in quality, uh, I think it, it's hard to be annoyed that you didn't get the result that you're hoping for when you know you're putting way less quality on the field than you could be. And now moving on to the Costa Rica game, just sort of brush past that uh, the, the Panama game right there. Um, the Costa Rica game, obviously, they, they went down in the first minute. I think it was exactly 60 seconds in. Um, Matarita from the left wing, he put a cross in. Um, and then there's the shot for offside, but obviously Dust kept him on. People are, are going to make a big deal. Maybe Some people are going to make a big deal about Stefan not getting to it, but he's waiting for a deflection. He's waiting for a touch, and it's what most every keeper is going to be doing in that situation. Uh, so if you're blaming Stefan for that, it's probably because, you know, you're looking, you're looking for him to make mistakes after replacing Turner. Um, and with the narrative being Turner, the better shot stopper, significantly better shot stopper, by the way, and then Stefan being, uh, of course, better with the ball at his feet. Obviously, people are going to be looking at any goal conceded by Stefan and, um, you know, sort of a analyzing would Turner have gotten to that and then vice versa. Every time Turner boots it out of play or, or loses possession or just looks shaky at the back, people are going to be saying, well, you don't run into that, that issue with Stefan. Unfortunately, we don't have a keeper that gives us the best of both worlds, um, but uh, I don't think Stefan playing cost us on this goal at all. And then from that point on, it was probably from the second minute until 35, I think it was, where, where Costa Rica started to grow into the game a bit. It's some of the best I've seen us play under Greg. Uh, all the way, the team was building out of the back well, and I think 
Um, when you have Richards and Robinson on the field, uh, I think they kind of, for me, cemented themselves as a strong partnership. Uh, later in that in the game, Robinson made a couple of mistakes with the ball at his feet, but uh, I, I think we know that Robinson outperformed Brooks in a lot of the games um, where they were together, or excuse me, in the games that they were together. And then, obviously, Richards wasn't in that last cycle. He, he was here this time, didn't play the first two games, came in this game and for me probably didn't get talked enough about i didn't see a lot of people talking about richard's performance uh against costa rica but he impressed me i think he has these nice disguised passes into tyler adams or, or into mckinney a few times obviously he, he was the left center back so he was connecting more with mckinney than he was musa but i think he did well to connect with mckinney and i think he did well to, to connect with adams i think he's allowing i think he allows the team to, to sort of play out of the back the way that Greg wants so it's kind of it's a little insane to me that he's not getting as many minutes as as people want um, given that a he can defend well and b it, it seems perfect for the, for what Greg wants but uh, I don't know maybe it's because he's young he's trying to ease him into the team um, he's putting so many other players into the team trying to, to sort of learn the system um, so maybe he's just trying to, to sort of ease a, a different player in a little bit slower uh, hopefully you know, by the time the World Cup comes around, um, Richards is sort of cemented his place in the 11 because I think he's really good in possession, and I think he showed that. Uh, specifically with, like, earlier in the first half, he was disguising passes to Adams, which uh, maybe if it's Brooks, uh, obviously we know Brooks can distribute the ball just fine, but maybe if it's Brooks, he, he sort of looks to Robinson. Anthony on the left, right, and just plays it wide, or he, he sort of looks safer to Miles. Um but not yeah. Richards was often sort of making these disguise passes or just breaking lines, period. It didn't have to be disguised. I'm not trying to single out just a few passes. More often than not, obviously, it's not a disguise pass, and he's just breaking lines. Uh, and that's important to have in this system because too often when you have possession, you can just sort of see the center backs pass between themselves too often, really slow the game down. But uh, I think with Richards and Robinson, you run into this issue a lot less than you do with most other center backs in this pool. So the, the play continued to, to be good from probably the second minute until, like I said, the 35th, I think, was sort of sort of when Costa Rica started to grow into it for the, for the last five, ten minutes of that half. But um, I mentioned that the, the, the fullbacks were doing well to get involved in that game against Jamaica at home, the first game in the window. Um, and then I said I, I would sort of return to that when we got to the Costa Rica game. And they were even more effective this game specifically in this period i'm saying from the second minute to, to sort of the 35th robinson i think might have created the most chances on the field and then obviously dest was it was one of his better performances for the for the u.s men's national team um so i i think if these fullbacks can continue to be a threat going forward or just in possession period i think this cycle and the next few windows will go well uh, and if it is the case that I said where it's just the players learning the system better and feeling more comfortable in the system, uh, I think it really shows well for Greg. Um, and I don't know. Obviously, a lot of people aren't giving Greg his credit. But if if the fullbacks can continue to impress, I think we're a really dangerous team. Uh, very few times are we getting caught out with, you know, with based off the fullbacks position in possession. Sometimes you'll see teams get countered, you know, down the channels, down down the wide areas. Um, but that, that hasn't really become a case in these games where specifically Jamaica and Costa Rica, where the fullbacks are pushing high. Um, 
Tyler Adams sweeps up so much that it sort of allows a little bit of freedom going forward for those players. And I think um, if they can continue to impress and if they can continue to provide chances, uh, obviously Robinson puts in good crosses, good low crosses. Um, specifically, I like when he gets to the byline and sort of cuts it back. Uh, I think a player like Pepe is going to thrive off the, the, the way these fullbacks are being used. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to Pepe with, with these sort of chances. And then the goal itself is probably my favorite goal in the entire um, Berhalter reign. We pick the ball up uh, in the left corner of the field, our left corner. Uh, we work it out of the back. Stefan makes a pass or two. I think just one, but it was a nice calm pass. Um, Adams was, was sort of critical in this. Uh, the ball falls to Aronson on the left wing. Not falls to It's progressed to Aronson. Wea makes a run in behind. And this goes on to talk about um, sort of what I've said in a previous episode where I was talking about the winger profiles. I think Wea is the best off the ball in the entire pool uh, in, in any area of the field. Um, so uh, he makes the run in behind. He sort of cuts centrally down the left wing. Um, Aronson plays the ball forward from the left. Uh, and then Wea, instead of just putting the ball into Pepe and sort of hoping to find Pepe, he, he, he cuts it back, uh, he crosses it. I don't know if he overhit it or if he was looking for Musa sort of outside the box. Crosses player entirely, uh, Musa passes it to the top of the box, and then Dest with a bit of brilliance cuts it onto his left foot and then just pings it into the top corner. Um, great team goal capped off by individual brilliance, uh, and, and I'm not sure we'll find a better, a better goal from the U.S. this cycle. And then, obviously, Pepe doesn't score this game. Des just scored that one, and then we'll get on to the second goal, which I'm sure most of you have seen was, you know, produced by Wea, but it was an own goal. Um, so Pepe doesn't score this game, but uh, he's after that brace in, in the Jamaica game, he does a good job in the Costa Rica game of reminding everybody he's not just a goal scorer. Uh, I think it was probably minutes 10 through 15 when we were really playing this nice football um, that Pepe was getting involved and he was dropping in. And it, it was in this period that he made a couple of nice sort of just dropping into midfield on one occasion, just a little dink to Wea, who has who made a nice run in behind. Um, and I, him doing that is something. Uh, so like I've said, Sargent holds the ball up well and drops into midfield well, um, but maybe doesn't have the most intricate play when he gets in those positions. Um, and then Pepe's probably not as strong in the ball right now, right, as an 18-year-old, um, but he will have sort of these more intricate um, sort of either a one-two with the player or just coming into the space um, in between the lines and, and then sort of doing whatever it may take, whether it just be a touch, whatever it was. In the, in this case, he just it was a nice touch to his left onto Wea, who, who took the ball and continued to run him behind. But um, he had a couple of nice, you know, sort of plays like that on this occasion, whereas I don't think Sargent is doing it either often enough or I, I don't think Pifak and Zardes are, are really doing much of it at all. Zardes sometimes... Uh, but Pfock's more typically of a hold-up guy uh, and isn't really making the plays that, that I'm kind of discussing here. And then the second goal here came, I think, in the 66th minute. Dest find himself in, an, in another dangerous position. He was attacking the, the fullbacks this game. Um, at, I mean, they were playing a pretty flat 4-4-2 in defense. Um, so more often than not, he, he was getting help from you know, the, that outside midfielder, but um, not him getting help, excuse me, the fullback that he was often running at was getting help, so Dest more often than not wasn't able to just directly run at the fullback. He, he obviously had some obstacles in the way, but on this occasion, he was able to sort of shape up uh, the defender and then play in Wea, who, of course, made some nice movement in the box yet again, 
And then Wea does a really good job here of he, he takes a shot first time um, rather than sort of taking a touch. I think if he takes a touch, he either probably looks for the shot nonetheless, just based on the position he was in, based on how the play built up, he probably ends up going for the shot anyway. Um, but he probably cuts his angle down way too much if he takes a touch. He does a really good job of letting the ball sort of roll across his body and then hitting it with his right. Uh, and he got a little lucky on the goal. It was a nice shot. I think the keeper got a little bit of a touch to it and then hit the post and then goes off the keeper's back and in. Um, so a little fortunate that it ends up in the net, but good play from Dest, good play from Wea. Um, I, I was really happy. Wea was about to come off for, for Matthew Hoppe. Um, so I'm happy Wea was able to grab that goal before he got off. And then he was sort of, uh, he sort of continued that into the next few minutes. Greg sort of held off the substitution for a few minutes. And Wea was a spark uh, until he came off for probably the next five or so minutes, which was good to see. Um, and I'm happy that it, it worked out like that. Uh, I'm happy that Dest, I think this was a really good window for Dest. Um, and it was worrying for a little bit before the second goal. He went down holding his ankle again. So I was worried we were going to have sort of a repeat of the last window where um, obviously he was hurt. And then he, he sort of missed some time for Barcelona, but it wasn't to be the case. Um, hopefully he's okay when he gets back to Barcelona and he's able to play as soon as possible. Obviously he didn't come off uh, due to injury, so um, no need to really think that. But there, there was a time where he was down and, and Yedlin was warming up, so there was a bit of a fear there. Um, but yeah, like I say, way is off the ball movement, sort of, sort of grabs us two goals here um, in a 2-1 win. So... Really good from him. Uh, I was happy to see that he was able to sort of put in a, a really notable performance. Um, not just a good performance, but a notable one that's going to stick out in fans' mind and, and hopefully in Greg's mind when he's making selections. Um, so uh, overall, I'd say he was a winner for this window. And, and then some other notable things. Um, like I said, Robinson made a couple of errors. Miles Robinson, that is. Uh, one of which was just sort of when him and Richards were passing between the two of them on about the halfway line. Um, sort of under hit the pass and then I'm not sure if Richards was even able to get there or if he just sort of misread the pressure but Brian Ruiz picks it off sprints through on goal uh, and he's a good 10-15 yards clear at least of Robinson who makes a great recovery run obviously Brian Ruiz was never quick and obviously he's aged but it's an impressive recovery uh, and it saves a one-on-one -on -one with, with Stefan so big play from him um, but yeah like I say he made a couple of errors but I think in the last podcast, uh, I said that he's been pretty, I don't want to say flawless, but he's made very few mistakes for the U.S. men's national team. So um, obviously most, you know, defenders are going to make mistakes. Uh, and luckily that none of them were costly in terms of a goal. Obviously that was a big situation that he had, had given up on that occasion with the Brian Ruiz play, but able to sort of sniff out the danger. Um, it was a nice tackle. And then, um, you know, sort of put out the fire, which was good, but you got to be a little careful, um, and maybe maybe that's why Greg wants someone like Brooks in the back line because with Miles and Richards, maybe you're more prone to those errors with, with the younger players. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I'm hoping that's the partnership going forward, and, and I don't expect Richards to, um, or excuse me, Miles to continue to make those mistakes. So um, non-issue going forward, I, I would assume, uh, but definitely some scary moments and some shaky moments for Miles uh, in that second game. So those were the three games this window. Um, six points, like I say, if, if Greg's going to make the, the decision to sort of go into Panama with the weakened team and hope to get a point, maybe three, I don't think six points is the worst way to go about this. Um, if Obviously, if 
we win every home game and then we pick up a few points on the road. It's enough to qualify. Um, and at home specifically, Greg's really allowing himself the best 11 to, to sort of maybe he wants to, you know, bring the best 11 into games where we can are most likely to win. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the rotation itself is unfortunate. And in these three games window, we're going to have to, to rotate. But if he's able to pick up six points and he's able to look comfortable and his team is able to look comfortable um, against Jamaica and Costa Rica at home, I think it's a good sign. Um, so despite varying performances, you know, in terms of end results for that matter, um, in terms of highs and lows, it's a shame that it has to be like that. Um, and perhaps it doesn't, right? People are going to make that claim that it doesn't have to be like that. But obviously this, the best loving can't go out for, for – uh, for 270 minutes so um, unfortunately you're gonna have to concede points sometimes and I don't want that to be the easy way out for Greg I'm not trying to give him an easy way out by saying oh yeah we're expected to lose at Panama we're not expected to lose at Panama um, but if you're able to pick up six points in a window it, it's sometimes it's just not worth complaining about um, when ultimately Greg probably made the right decision by um, ensuring that we got the three points at Costa Rica even if you have to give up um, some points preferably preferably it would have just been the two points that we lost in Panama but obviously we lost all three um, but I'd say overall it's a pretty positive window based off the performances at home based off the, the fullbacks were more effective Musa comes into the team Musa sort of him Adams and McKenney for me at least sort of cement themselves as three right now um, we got to see Richards and Miles Robinson which a lot of people have wanted to see I think fans got what they wanted to see um but unfortunately, too many people would be too upset about the Panama result to really look at all of the positives and just really zone in on that um, that one bad result. Um, so for me, good window, lots of positives, um, way more positives than there were negatives. Six points, I'll take it, even if this was probably our easiest window and uh, we probably could have been shooting for seven and should have been shooting for at least seven. Um, ultimately, six points from a three-game window is good enough to, to qualify for World Cup qualifiers. And the performances at home specifically were good enough to convince me that, that the team probably is moving in the right direction going forward. Um, so, yeah, that that's sort of how, how I viewed these three games. Um, and then, again, like I said, sorry that there was no Tuesday episode this week, but I just want to sort of group these three games together. Um, I'm recording this on Thursday, the, the day after that Costa Rica game, and it'll be released Friday morning for everybody to listen to. Um, and then back to our, our, regular, our regular Tuesday um, scheduled episodes. Um, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.